Truth Espresso, episode 257. Face it, we all would rather sleep in this morning. <sighs> That's why God gave us espresso, to kickstart our zombified corpses into hyperdrive. And now, giving your mind and soul the morning shot of truth it craves. This is Truth Espresso with Daniel Minnick. This is your host, Daniel Minnick, and this is Truth Espresso, and I am driving to work on a Wednesday morning, and that's going to make this another episode of Truth Espresso Express. And so I'd like to continue the series that I had started on the last Truth Espresso Express about what are the hardest verses in the Bible, at least according to a Christian writer's article that I found, trying to let Christian writers know that, hey, if you ever have to address some of these passages, you're going to have to realize that they may be hard to interpret. So we dealt with two of them last time. And now I'd like to devote this episode of Truth Espresso to the third verse that our friend, the Christian writer, brought up. And so this article brought up 1 Peter 3, verses 17 through 18, which mentioned that Jesus rose from the dead, and by or in the Spirit, he went and preached to the spirits in prison. So yes, I would have to agree, this is often, and this has always been a challenging passage of Scripture for Christians to interpret, for pastors to have to explain to their thirsty church members who want to know what the Scriptures mean. So the writer, after presenting this passage, asks, Did Jesus preach while he was in the grave? And yes, we can see that some people would have a hard time with that because they believe there are certain things true about those who have died, rigor mortis, if they're a physical being and they die, that there is no consciousness until if or when God resurrects that person. And even so, those who might not have a problem with that concept that there is some kind of consciousness in what we call the intermediate state, that it's still just a little hard to digest something that seems to be not super clear, but, you know, if we're going to believe something about Jesus preaching while his body was in the grave... It would not have to be inferred from a text, that it would be much more clear that the writer would say, while Jesus was dead, or while the body of Jesus lay in the tomb during the time before his resurrection, yes, he went and he preached to people. I'm let, just letting you know he was dead at this time. This was an unusual event. And so, yes, it's possible even not to have problems with consciousness in the intermediate state and still to accept that that is indeed what this passage is talking about. And I will present several interpretations of this passage. And I will up front say that all of them can be found within the pale of orthodoxy. Though some may have more likelihood of being correct than others, or at least most of them would, I would say at least one of them might kind of push things a little bit. 
but otherwise you know i don't think anyone should just simply reject these out of hand out of previous bias we should be able to evaluate all possible interpretations of this arguably most obscure passage in scripture and then put them to the test and so i think the best way to interpret this passage of course is to ask what is the point that peter is making and should we read any other verses in context to see if they're part of the point that he's making and to understand these verses we need to understand who are the spirits and what is the prison the word spirit is it a metonymy is it referring to the whole person like we might say oh you poor soul when we're not talking about specifically about the component as separate from the body we're just referring to a person as a soul you know bless your soul and all that or you know so is it referring to people as spirits just to identify them as humans or is it referring just to spirits like these are disembodied spirits or these are spirit creatures so what is the prison and there are different interpretations of the word prison here now i would like to say in passing that mormonism they have their own kind of unique interpretation of this passage so in mormonism they like to just take a verse like this an obscure verse and form an entire doctrine out of it so mormonism takes this verse and then suggests that there is an afterlife place that we could call the spirit prison in which those who died without the first principles of the gospel being applied the first principles of the gospel in mormonism are faith repentance baptism and laying out of hands and if anyone lacks any of these four they would go to the spirit prison and then someone who isn't bound to the spirit prison can go and preach to them like jesus allegedly did and then if they accept that they need any of these that they lack then they could have faith and repent while they're in the spirit prison but then since they're in the spirit prison and no one can baptize them or lay on of hands those must be done in the world above the normal world of this first life and so that's why they have baptism for the dead and basically laying on of hands at the same time in proxy but not to go off too much on mormonism that's their interpretation of jesus preaching to the spirits in prison and that jesus was kind of starting something that faithful mormon missionaries would do in the afterlife anyone who wasn't an apostate mormon who would just go to hell or an, a son of perdition like judas was would go to the spirit prison so to understand this passage we need to ask the question did jesus in the intermediate state as a disembodied human spirit or via his divine nature however we want to understand this to mean did he preach some message to someone during this time between his death and bodily resurrection 
And so, as I said before, there are quite a few theories of how to understand this passage, so I'm going to get into them. The first one is that Jesus went to Hades, or, you know, the underworld, the abode of the dead there, and preached deliverance to the captives who were in the compartment known as Abraham's bosom as these Old Testament saints awaited the resurrection. And this, this is a very common view, and it's often termed the harrowing of hell. So Jesus went to the nether region that we could broadly term hell, but at the time that he went, there were two compartments. Abraham's bosom where the faithful saints went, but because the gospel had not yet been accomplished, they waited in kind of a paradise compartment of the netherworld, Hades, and then Jesus went there, and just as in Ephesians, the Apostle Paul says that Jesus, what is it that he ascended on high, but also that he descended to the uttermost parts of the earth, and that he descended, he led captivity captive. If that's what Paul is referring to, then this is also kind of a different way of saying that, that Jesus in the Spirit or in spirit, or whatever, in his disembodied spirit, or by the power of the Holy Spirit, who would rise him from the dead, during his intermediate state before he rose from the dead, went to paradise and preached to the spirits who were, you could say they were in prison, even though they were still experiencing some form of bliss as they awaited the ultimate blessing of salvation in which they would be delivered from the captivity of paradise to the captivity of heaven. <laughs> and so they would be led to the more blissful state, the beatific state of heaven. So this is a common view, and I've held to this view before. I think that when I read the verses, the problem is that the verses seem to identify these spirits in the next verse as the ones who were disobedient during Noah's time. Now, someone could say that, well, just like everyone was disobedient, Peter's basically saying they were among all spirits who were disobedient, and for example, they were among the same human beings who, you know, some of them were disobedient during the time of Noah. I mean, I think that's kind of a strained interpretation, but whatever. So a second interpretation is that Jesus went to Hades and he preached a second chance at salvation to the disobedient spirits of Noah's day who were there suffering in prison. So not going to the compartment of Hades that's the paradise of the patriarchs, but going to the compartment of prison, the judgment compartment as they awaited their final sentence, he went there and basically, I'm, I'm guessing somehow the 120 years that Noah preached them maybe wasn't enough, or that this was a special case, such that, okay, Jesus went there and he preached a second chance specifically to these spirits in prison, the ones who died in the flood. Maybe the judgment was harsh. I saw this interpretation as I was researching online, but I didn't see it really delineated who all believed this. But I could picture some possibly universalists believing this, that perhaps most people who just die without hearing the gospel might be allowed to repent at their death. 
and then go to heaven or something or maybe when they're risen from the dead then that's when they can get the second chance and avoid a temporary punishment but because these people of Noah's day were especially wicked they were put in prison awaiting a time where Jesus would come and then preach the gospel to them and give them a second chance to get out and join the saints in heaven so i mean of course reading the words jesus went and preached normally you think of preaching being in some way to preach whether directly or indirectly some means of escape of punishment even when we look at jonah and all we see are the words yet 40 days and nineveh shall be overthrown we can see from the narrative of God granting, sparing the Ninevites and Jonah being upset about it, that there was recognizably an implicit message there that, hey, unless you repent, you shall perish. So Jonah recognized that, so it's like, okay, going and preaching usually implies some means of here is the judgment and you'd better get your act together or here's your final chance, something like that. And so it does seem reasonable that looking at the text, we could see that Jesus went and preached. Now, why would he do that unless there's some form of escape? for certain people and so if it was for those who died in the flood and jesus was giving the special case a second chance hey why not but yes that's not my interpretation of this passage another one that i've heard uh, preached by guest speakers or pastors in, in churches to which i've attended have been that jesus went to hades and he preached judgment to the disobedient spirits of noah's day who were in prison so kind of like the second one but instead of going there and preaching salvation to them he preached judgment he preached like okay these disobedient spirits unrepentant spirits kind of suffering in the prison in hades there jesus went there to proclaim to them here's the news i just died and rose from the dead and i got victory over sin and death and if you thought that you could get away with what you did and that maybe there's a, a way you could escape this on your own abilities and not repenting that he's basically preaching to them that their fate is sealed the gospel is there it further condemns you because you rejected the gospel of noah's day i've accomplished the ultimate victory there are no more prophets the gospel for the saints has now arrived and your fate is sealed if you thought that it wasn't well here's the evidence it's now sealed and I'll say, hey, once again, this one is within the pale of orthodoxy. I mean, I have a little problem with the second chance one, not because I have problems with second chances, but I just don't see otherwise anything else in Scripture that would grant second chances in the afterlife. Not that I'm a cold-hearted person, but I wouldn't interpret what seems to be a difficult passage to introduce a doctrine like that that otherwise wouldn't exist. 
So did Jesus go to Hades and preach judgment to those who at the time of Noah were disobedient? Well, that seems to be a valid interpretation of this passage because, hey, he went and preached to those spirits in prison. You know, we could see the word prison there, meaning basically what it literally means. It's a holding place for people who are indeed there because of unrepentant sin and they're awaiting the judgment afterwards. And Jesus went and preached to them. And what else would he preach to them if they were the wicked in Noah's day? So yeah, that's a perfectly valid interpretation. Andrew Rappaport's Rap Report is a podcast providing biblical interpretations and applications. It is a ministry of striving for eternity and part of the Christian podcast community. We provide a biblical view of cultural events, discuss how to apply God's word to the Christian life, address issues that concern the church, and we even take some time to offer a correct understanding of those commonly misinterpreted passages of scripture. You will hear from great guests like Justin Peters, Todd Friel, Jay Warren Wallace, and Gabe Hughes. Andrew has the Rap Report Daily, which is a two-minute Monday through Friday podcast, and then the longer Rap Report podcast for more content. Subscribe to both today by searching for Rap Report on any podcast app, spelled R-A-P-P Report, or click the podcast link at strivingforeternity.org. Another interpretation I've seen, number four, is one that you're most likely going to get from people who have a hard time with anything that would introduce activity in the afterlife. Now, someone doesn't have to be a just a physicalist or someone who denies consciousness in the intermediate state, but this one does have scriptural support that one could use to make the case here. So this interpretation number four is that when it says that Jesus went and preached the spirits in prison, that it's just saying that the same Holy Spirit who resurrected Jesus from the dead is the one that earlier, i.e. in Jesus' earthly ministry, was the one by which he went and preached the gospel and deliverance to what we would call the spirits in prison, being people who were living a life that was would make them in bondage to sin. You could call them the spirits in prison. Satan held their spirit captive. They denied the truth, but Jesus went and preached the gospel to them. Like so, his ministry was characterized by preaching deliverance to the captives. And we could restate this as him preaching the spirit to the spirits in prison. So we look at Isaiah 61, where it mentions, The Spirit has anointed me to go and heal the brokenhearted and to preach deliverance to the captives, to open the eyes of the blind and stuff like that. It ends with, if I remember, to preach deliverance to the captives. And then in Luke's gospel, you have Jesus in the synagogue having that passage read. Jesus conflates it with another passage in Isaiah. And he says, this day is a scripture fulfilled in your ears. Well, Jesus is anointed by the Holy Spirit. And then he went and preached to the spirits in prison. Or he went and preached deliverance to the captives. Hey, prison, captives, 
preaching goes along with preaching deliverance in that passage. So, hey, why not? Why couldn't this be saying that the same Holy Spirit, the, the power of the Holy Spirit that resurrected Jesus from the dead is the same power of the Holy Spirit by which he was able to preach his gospel message during his earthly ministry to spirits in prison? People who were captive under the elements, the bondage of sin, infirmities, and so on. So part of preaching deliverance to the captives was also the miracles that Jesus did to give sight to the blind, to heal the sick. It's a pretty interesting interpretation. But still, I see that the same problem with this is the connection that Peter makes when he says that the spirits in prison are those which were at some point disobedient during the days of Noah. So once again, to accept this interpretation, you kind of have to generalize what Peter was saying and say that the spirits in prison, those who were in bondage to sin, a sample of those. Or this encompasses people who from among those are ones that were disobedient during Noah's day. And so I think that's what strains this interpretation and other ones who would make it so that the ones to whom Jesus preached were not specifically the ones who were disobedient in Noah's day. And now the final interpretation is that Jesus, as God the Son, before his earthly ministry, before his incarnation, in some way you could say that Jesus preached via the Holy Spirit through Noah to those people in Noah's day who were disobedient, and they are now the spirits in prison. I think this is kind of a straightforward meaning of the text. And I think it more emphasizes the point that Peter's making in all the verses where he's making the connection with Noah. And, you know, we could see that often New Testament writers would show connections there. Like uh, in 1 Corinthians 10, the Apostle Paul makes the connection that I would not have you to be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and they ate the same spiritual meat kind of referring to communion there and they drank the same spiritual drink and they drank of that rock which followed them and that rock was Christ but he also says they were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and the sea so Paul is making the illusion there that our forefathers were baptized just as you are baptized in some way and they ate and drank spiritual things just as you eat and drink spiritual things via the bread and wine and communion and so don't be like they were and so i think you know in this case peter is recognizing that the gospel in some form was preached through noah to the people who were disobedient in the flood so, the same Holy Spirit, as I mentioned before, the power that rose Jesus from the dead, and was also the same Holy Spirit that anointed Jesus in fulfillment of prophecy to preach the gospel during his earthly ministry, that same Holy Spirit and that Jesus Christ 
spoke the gospel to the people of Noah's day who were disobedient. So Jesus spoke the gospel message as the ark is a type of Christ, that the ark is a picture of Christ, that the ark in which eight souls were saved, and Peter's making the connection of, of baptism there, that the flood was a type of baptism, even though the specifics aren't a perfect one-to-one correspondence. Nevertheless, Peter is drawing an allusion to the current day, and he's making the point that Noah preached the gospel to these wicked people. Just as during that day, Noah, via the Holy Spirit, preached a gospel message, and Peter is saying that Jesus is the source of that message, and Jesus is also the ultimate object of that message. So Jesus preached the gospel in his day via the Holy Spirit who rose him from the dead, and that same Holy Spirit is the one through whom Jesus preached through Noah the gospel to the people who were disobedient in Noah's day. You might ask the question, well, they weren't spirits in prison at that time. Well, yeah, but they are now the spirits in prison. So the ones that we recognize or that we would call, even in Jesus' day and now, the spirits in prison who were disobedient during Noah's day, Jesus, via the Holy Spirit and through Noah, preached the gospel to the wicked people, these same ones who are now the spirits in prison. I hope that you're following this interpretation, my explanation of it, because just because it says that Jesus preached to the spirits in prison doesn't mean that they had to be spirits in prison when they were preached to. It's just that it's the same people. Jesus preached by the Holy Spirit through Noah the gospel to the disobedient people who are now the spirits in prison. And this interpretation is one that I've discovered that uh, Augustine took. It's also one that Thomas Aquinas took. Now, that's not to say, well, because either of them or anyone else understood the passage that way that that makes it correct, but there are intellectual people who have understood it this way. So this is the interpretation that I take. Now, I've held some of these other interpretations in the past, and it has nothing whatsoever to do with any kind of animus toward the idea of Jesus preaching to spirits in prison during his intermediate state. Like, it has nothing to do with the idea that Jesus could not have gone to Hades, and whether he preached to the saints or preached judgment to the wicked or whatever. I don't take this interpretation because I would laugh at or would have any problem with it. In fact, I accept the possibility that leading captivity captive is him going to Hades and bringing the deliverance to the saints, leading the saints captive from paradise. I am certainly open to that, so I'm not dismissing that Jesus had a ministry of doing something during, his, during the intermediate state before the resurrection. I'm just saying that I don't know if that's what Peter is actually saying here that that understanding has to be applied to Peter in what he's saying about preaching to the spirits in prison. 
So what's some support for this interpretation? Well, Peter, at the beginning of the same epistle, 1 Peter, said that the Old Testament prophets searched diligently. So in chapter 1 of 1 Peter, he says that the prophets searched diligently when they preached before the grace that would come to uh, his readers. And he, they preached of the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. But he says that they signified all this. They didn't preach like directly detail as if it was a printer manual narrative of what would happen. But you have to see things the way they happened. And then it makes more sense of the types and shadows that they preached that referred to Jesus' sufferings, his death and resurrection, the glory that should follow and the salvation. They signified all this, as, as Peter says, but he says it was via the Spirit of Christ which was in them. So, what do we have here? So, Peter, in the same epistle earlier, that provides some good context for understanding what Peter could mean by saying that Jesus, via the Holy Spirit which was in Noah, preached the gospel. Well, Peter also says that the prophets had the Holy Spirit in them, and they signified what was to come, things which the, whole, which the angels desire to look into. So if the Spirit of Christ was in the prophets such that they preached what should come, the same Spirit of Christ was also in Noah when he preached to the wicked of his day. So the prophets preached the gospel by the Holy Spirit was that was in them. This was the Spirit of Christ. It's referring to the Holy Spirit that is given from Christ or sent from Christ. So the Spirit of Christ is the Holy Spirit sent by Christ with Christ's message. That's my understanding of that. So the Spirit of Christ was in the prophets when they preached things about Christ, and the Spirit of Christ was in Noah when he preached to the wicked who would become the spirits in prison when Noah preached the gospel about things that would foreshadow Christ to them. So once again, this final interpretation, Jesus via the Holy Spirit preached through Noah to the wicked before the flood happened. And then they were disobedient, but they died in the flood, unrepentant. And so they are the ones that we would now understand as the spirits in prison. But these are the ones to whom Jesus preached via the Holy Spirit through Noah. And so I hope that this look at a very difficult passage was helpful and that these interpretations were helpful. And hey, you know, you could pick one of these interpretations. You could believe any of them. And I don't consider that a problem. I don't have, you know, a hard issue with any of them. I don't expect you or anyone else to agree with me on this. But this is just how I have come to understand it. And I'm not alone in this. And so, stay tuned for the next episode of Truth Espresso and Truth Espresso Express, and God bless. Thank you for waking up with Truth Espresso. Good morning, and God bless your day. Hey friends, Daniel Minnick here again. If you liked waking up to this episode of Truth Espresso, I would really appreciate it if you would rate it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever application you use to listen to Truth Espresso.